Hello and welcome to another episode of the Grants Pass Gospel Rescue Mission podcast. My name is Eric Mortensen and I'm a staff member here at the mission. Today I plan on heading over to Faith House, which is the women's transitional home. I'm planning on catching up with women's coordinator Monica Conley. I heard she has a project she's been working on, so I gave her a little warning that I might stop by with my audio gear. So Faith House is just a few blocks away from the mission, so uh, let's head on over. So I parked, uh, let me go over and knock on the front door. Nothing. Let me try the side door. Ooh, a doorbell. That's a good sign. Hello. Hi. Hey, is Monica? Yeah, she's right over there. In, In the uh, office. office? All right. I'll find her. Thank you. All right, so I got a little lost, but I finally found the office that Monica is working in. Hello. Hello. Sorry, <laughs> I'm rocking out. That's okay. So I've come to record a podcast with you. Okay. Are you ready? Uh, I guess. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready. Introduce yourself. Who are you? Uh, I'm Monica. I'm the women's coordinator of the Gospel Rescue Mission. I manage the Fixo Family Center and Faith House Transition Faith. Home. Which is where we are at currently currently we are at faith house okay so i was in the staff meeting what was it tuesday yeah yeah and i heard you have a little project going on yes do you want to explain to me what that is absolutely so this is uh the faith and hope house wreath program so initially it was just faith house um and it was a it was a program that they did and we have kept it going so what it is is several of the churches in our area um, participate in this program in which we decorate a wreath that has tags on them with different needs like tylenol or razors um let's go through and just read off a bunch of the tags to see kind of what the the needs are uh we need Dryer sheets, uh, bathroom cleaner, shampoo and conditioner, 9-volt batteries. We use those to replace uh, in the smoke alarms <laughs> for <laughs> Very both important. of the houses. Yeah. Um, toothbrushes, uh, different size uh, Ziploc bags, uh, trash bags, lawn and leaf bags for when the residents are taking care of the yards. Um Gift cards. Gift cards. Gift cards. You can do a gift card for anywhere, and I use those to put in their Christmas gift, so they all get a Christmas gift. And then I also use whatever is left over throughout the year to help residents when they move out. So if I have somebody and she gets her own apartment, but she doesn't have any pots and pans, then I can give her a gift card, maybe to Walmart or Fred Meyer or Target, so that she can go and she can get her pots and pans, she can mm-hmm. pick them. Um, so gift cards are really awesome. We also have um, barrier removal donation tags. What does that so mean? That is a cash donation that will go into our barrier removal fund. So if we have somebody who's being really diligent with their program, they're participating, they're working hard, they've been saving, but they just don't have enough in savings to cover a flat tire that they need to get repaired. We can 
draw from the barrier removal fund and get their tire fixed so that they can get back to work quickly. Um, We can do that to help cover glasses. If somebody doesn't have enough to cover glasses, especially individuals that have Medicare that, you know, maybe their insurance isn't covering the specific piece of what they need, then we can access that barrier removal fund for them. So going back to the tags. So we've got a bunch of tags with, uh, Small needs like 9-volt batteries, Mm -hmm. and then we've got tags that are cash donation for the barrier removal fund. Yeah. So how does this all get to the churches, and how do people participate with it? So I deliver these to the churches myself, and the church will hang it up, and they have bulletins and inserts that they hand out probably in the next couple of weeks. I'll be delivering them to the churches next Wednesday. Okay. And then what a person would do, a a member of the church would just go up to the wreath and look at the tags and see a tag that they think, oh, hey, I could do that, and then pull the tag off, Mm -hmm. purchase the item, attach the tag to it, and bring it back to the church. And then on the designated day, I would come back. I actually have a volunteer that's going to be helping me pick everything back up. Mm -hmm. Um, It's about four weeks. We give about four weeks. Okay. Um, And then we pick everything up sort it out and then keep it in the storeroom until somebody needs it. Awesome. So uh, which of the churches around here are participating? Um, if you've got a list, maybe our listeners list. are part of one of these churches and uh, would like to participate in this program. Uh, Seventh-day Adventist Church is, is participating. River Valley, uh, the downtown campus is participating. St. Luke's, First Christian, uh, St. Paul's. Lutheran Church is going to participate this year. Merlin Community Church is going to participate this year. And those are who I have currently this year. I'm still waiting on a couple to give me a call back. Okay. Um, <laughs> and let me know whether they can do it this year or not. Um, but it's last year I did it. Uh, last year was my first year, so this is my second year doing it. And it was really an amazing thing. I, I wasn't really sure how it would all work out. Uh, last year, but seeing the giving hearts mm-hmm. of everybody that participated in the program and it blew my mind the abundance of care for our residents that our community has. Um, and I'm excited to do this again. And, and I just, I want everybody to know that participated last year and in the years past and that this, this really is amazing. It's the things that we, that you guys give that I'm then able to give to the residents blesses them immensely. Like it, it really helps them to be able to save money and become independent and understand, Oh, Hey, I'm going to have to budget for these things mm-hmm. when I get out of here. You know, I didn't think that I was going to use court bags as often, but I make my lunch every day, you mm-hmm. know, to go to work. So it really is a huge blessing, this program, uh, which is why I want to keep it going. That's awesome. So we're here at Faith House right now. You're working on these tags. Yes. So for the people who are listening who don't know what Faith House and Hope House are all about, kind of uh, describe a little bit about the transitional program here at the Gospel Rescue Mission. The Faith House is our transitional home for women that currently do not have children. Um, Okay. So they can come here. They come here from the Fixo Family Center. They all start at the Fixo Family Center. Um, that is where they have to... So the criteria to get into the Faith House is they have to get a full-time job, part-time if they have Social Security, 
they have to save money and purchase a car, have it registered, have their license and insured, and then also have $3,500 in savings before they can even be considered for transitional housing. At that point, we've seen a level of dedication to becoming independent and maintaining their independence that being able to come to the transition home is... There's a little less oversight, so they have a little bit more freedom. They still have to abide by the mission rules, but it's more, it's the step in between communal living and independent living that a lot of these women need to have that firm foundation for their independence. Yeah. So how many people are in Faith House currently? Currently, I have two. Two. With one over at Fixo that is really close. I would be, I would imagine that she's probably ready to go. We're just waiting for her next 30-day review and we'll review all of her bank statements and all of that. But she got a car. She's got a full-time job. She's really been very diligent in her program. So soon. Soon. (laughs) Soon. Soon. So how many people can live here? What's the capacity? I have seven rooms seven rooms in here and I could double them up right now but I haven't had that many people to where I've needed to double anybody up so right now everybody has their own room so I've heard the question if you've got that much capacity and you're you've only got like two people in there right mm-hmm. now how come there's only two people you've got the space because it's not just about filling a bed it's about helping the people that want to leave homelessness behind um they're there are there's real criteria for being a renter. Uh, as a former renter, I understand that I have to follow the rules of my landlord for what they want for their property. This is a this is an opportunity for them to learn that not everybody is at a place where they're ready to learn that, um, and not everybody is at a place where they're capable of following rules. You know, it's. Yeah. And from from what I've seen, it's almost like the Fix a Family Center is like the training ground where you get all of that down, you get your savings up, you you become more independent, and then this is the place where you can kind of uh, grow in your independence. Yeah. And before you take that final step of moving out. Right. Yeah. So do you think it's a bad thing that there's only two people here? No. No? No. Because I get to spend more time with them each individually working out their budget. Um, when issues arise, I feel basically it just boils down to me having more time to spend with them, mm-hmm. you know, working out all the kinks. Whereas if I had more people, I'd have less time for each of them, you know, cause I have faith house and I also have the Fixo family right. center that I got to make time for everybody. So, so speaking of time, have you seen a difference between people who stay, say, three months versus someone who stays a year as far as success rates go? Or I is it kind of just uh, based on the individual? I think it's, I think it's both. Okay. I've had, I actually had a woman move out over the weekend. She came to us in May. So she was here five Five-ish months. Five-ish months. And she moved out really well. Mm -hmm. She has her own property. She's got a trailer on her own property. She was working two jobs. She saved all of her money. She 
took all of the suggestions that I gave her to pay off these debts. And it was hard. I mean, there was a couple of times where whole paychecks were going to, to debts. And you're going, ah, uh, yeah, I just paid all this money I'm- that I don't even get to use because... <laughs> Of this thing that I had to pay five years ago or 10 years ago or whatever it is. But now she's in her own place and she doesn't have to pay that. She doesn't have to worry about, oh, now I got to work in this monthly payment. It's gone. Mm -hmm. That debt is gone. So, and she did, she paid those things off and she saved money and she got her license and she got a car and she moved out really well in five months. And then I have other ladies that have been with us for a year and they're still, they're still working on things. They're still trying to figure out even like how, how, to, how to live in community. Yeah, yeah. After a year, yeah. yeah. How to how to make it work with other personalities. Yeah. So it's I guess time and personality is a factor. Yeah. So speaking of successes, um, what's the success rate been like here at Faith House since you've been uh, kind of managing it? So in the year that I've been here, when I first became the women's coordinator, there were five, there were five ladies here at Faith House, and three of them have moved out into their own place. One moved out and she's, she is renting her own place. I just ran into her um, about a week or so ago at her job, and it was really (laughs) nice to see her. She came running out from behind her register and was excited to see me. She's doing really, really well. And then the other two ladies, they moved out together. They saved enough money between the two of them to purchase a home. They bought a four-bedroom house. So not rent. Not rent. They moved out of the mission as homeowners. That's crazy. And that's so amazing. That's so amazing. Um, And I'm I'm really proud. And again, they were really diligent and they took suggestions. They were... When I got here, they were at the end of their rope. They were ready to just, you know, I'm done saving money. I'm just going to, I just need to go find some place to rent. I need to find some place to be. I just need out of here. And I told him, I said, you know, maybe, maybe God doesn't have you renting. Maybe God has you owning. Have, have you guys thought about like, what does your credit score look like? How much money do you have saved? Have you ever talked to a mortgage lender? Have you ever talked to a real estate agent? And they hadn't even considered that as an option, that owning a home was even an option for them. Mm-hmm. So it was really cool to walk them During through. During a pandemic. Right, <laughs> right. It was really cool to walk them through that whole process mm-hmm. and just see the excitement. And they got a lot of no's. And they got to the point, too, in the home buying process where they were like, no, I'm not going to buy a home. I'm going to rent. And I said, just hold on. Just hold on. God's got something for you. And I think it was like a week after that conversation that we had, we, there was this house (laughs) that was a pastor's house and he was like, I'm selling it and I want to sell it to somebody that really needs it. And bam, there these girls were. (laughs) (laughs) So it was, it was, it was God's perfect timing. It was God's perfect timing for them. So moving into the holiday season, we've got this rethink going on, but, uh, how can uh, members of our community pray for the ladies at Fixo and at Faith House? I would say that they can pray for continued faith and an increase in faith and for God's peace. A lot of the girls worry about their past and how their past is going to impact them being able to get into a place and being able to be independent. And there, there is a level of fear 
mm-hmm. um, that all of the women, and I'm I'm I don't work directly with the men, but I would assume that the men probably carry some of that as well. Um, that their past will prevent them from moving forward. I would pray for I would pray that the spirit of fear would not control them, mm-hmm. um, and that God would make His will known for them, and that they would have the strength to walk in it. All right. Well, thank you, Monica, for talking with me. (laughs) And I'm excited to see how these wreaths turn out and uh, the results. See if we get some 9-volt batteries paid for. Yeah. And some, whatever, these boxes of tissues, shaving cream. uh, Hand towels. Lysol. Bath mats. (laughs) And what did the... I had had one of the fellas... Oh, an air fryer. The Hope House is looking for an air fryer. Oh, those things are great. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. You talked about the barrier removal fund. Yes. And if you want to contribute to that fund, you can actually go on to grantspassmission.org, click donate, and you can actually specify that your donation will go to that barrier removal fund, which yes. will help people get new teeth, new glasses, birth certificates, and IDs. Uh, all these things that are going to help them on their way to independence. All of that. All right. All right. Well, thank you very much, Monica. Thank you. (laughs) Well, thank you for tuning in to this episode of the GRM podcast. If you'd like to participate in the wreath program, I'll post the names of the participating churches in the description of the podcast. If you'd like to donate to the barrier removal fund that Monica and I talked about earlier, you can head over to grantspassmission.org and click donate. From there, you can specify the barrier removal fund. So until next time, this has been Eric Mortensen at the Grants Pass Gospel Rescue Mission.